66. We're going to do a couple more of these psalms, and then we're going to, we'll start us a new book here in a few weeks on Wednesday nights, just using our psalms as a, as a break. But we almost halfway through the psalms, hitting a few of them here and there over the last few years. We're, we're getting close to the halfway point in the book of psalms. Psalm 66, we'll pray. And then we will jump in. God, we come to you and I pray that you just help us tonight to listen to your word. And I pray that you help me to do a good job preaching it. That you take away the worries we may have come in here with, the anxiety of the world or fears we may have, dear Lord, or just being tired or frustrated or God, whatever it may be, there's a lot of things that this old world throws at us, just part of our day. But God, I pray that when we read these words, that there will be something in here that your Holy Spirit would get some word, some, just one scripture maybe that we hear tonight that's, that just will help us. And so, God, meet us where we are. You know where we are. You know what we need. And I pray that you just come on down here and meet us, God, because we need you tonight. And I pray that you give us a good night in your word. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The superscription reads, For the choir director, a song, a psalm. Verse 1. Shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Now, when we looked at Psalm 65, at the end of that psalm, we saw really this, this blessing of the earth, how God was blessing the earth. And it was the earth was, was abundant in God's blessing and the rain. And that's kind of what we saw at the end of, of Psalm 65. And if these two psalms go together, if one was, was actually written before the other, and I'm not sure if it was, but, but if, if so, then it would make sense that this would be the first verse. Shout joyfully to God all the earth. God has blessed the earth, not just the the plants and the trees of the earth, but the people of the earth too, all the earth, you and me. Uh, we want to shout joyfully to the Lord, to sing about the glory of his name. That's what we just did in those songs. We were singing about the glory of God. We were singing praises to God. We were worshiping God and what we had done. And many of these psalms would have probably been sung. And that's what we do when we come together. We are singing songs of praise to the Lord. And that's what this psalm starts out with. And verse 3, it says, Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. All the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name, Selah. So here in this psalm, we are introduced to this theme. What is the theme? To bring glory to God. Why is God deserving of glory? Well, because he is God and because of his awe-inspiring works. God has done many great works. He has spoken this world into existence. He has performed miracles. He has performed healings. He has sent Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. God has done many awe-inspiring things. And when we look at God and God's word, we see the awesome power of God. We see how he worked in these stories of scripture. And we see still today how he works in our lives and how he 
works in our world and we still get praise reports and we still see ways that the power of God is doing wonderful things. We need to pay attention to those things. We see the bad things in the world and maybe we forget how wonderful God is, but perhaps psalms like these are good reminders to us. God is awe-inspiring and his works are good and wonderful and worthy of our praise, even in the midst of all the bad we see in our world. God is still working things for the good. And what are the enemies of God? They cringe before God. Why? Because of God's great strength. So God's great power, God's great strength is on exhibit. And for those who are followers of God, they praise God. And for those who are enemies of God, they cringe when they see the power of God because they cannot stand against the power of God, against the power of God's people because we who have Jesus Christ in us are victorious over the things of the world and those enemies that come against us. All the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. And so this is a psalm of, of praise to the Lord. Then in verse 5, Come and see the wonders of God. His acts for humanity are awe-inspiring. He turned the sea into dry land, and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. He rules forever by his might. He keeps his eye on the nations. The rebellious should not exalt themselves. Selah. Here we continue on with the same theme, this idea of the wonders of God. And, and the psalmist here even tells us one of those wonders of God, one that we are probably all familiar with. When the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, that says here that uh, the turned the sea into dry land and they crossed over it. When Moses was there before the Israelites and he raised his, his hands and his staff into the air and God parted the Red Sea and the people of Israel parted on dry land, and this is being recalled. When we see the wonders of God, what are those wonders? Well, the psalmist here recalls those wonders to us and said, here's one of the wonders. And so God's people rejoice in him over these things, uh, but not those who are, are rebellious. The rebellious uh, should not exalt themselves. And so those who uh, trust in God will, will uh, trust in him and praise him as the psalm says. Then in verse 8 it says, Praise our God, you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. Now that's a good verse, verse 9. That might be one of those that's good for us to, to tuck away, to, to make a note of. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like you could not stand any longer? I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually, I mean emotionally, I mean mentally, where you felt like you were about to fall, where you felt like you were losing your grip, where you felt like you couldn't hang on, where you felt like you could not stand any longer, but you were about to collapse. And what a powerful reminder this is of God. He keeps us alive. On the days we feel like we cannot go any further. He does not let us fall. He does not let us slip. But he holds us up. When we cannot hold ourselves up, God reaches down and he holds us up. And we must praise God and glory in God because he is good to us. 
Because he is a God that does not let us fall, but he is a God that keeps us upright. Maybe tonight some of you feel like you are about to slip. Remember this word. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. Verse 10. For you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water. Now, we can relate to this probably. There are testings that occur in our life. There are times where it, it looks like our enemies are taking us over. There are times when we feel like we are going through the fires and the waters. We feel those things in our life. We feel those burdens. We feel those times of testing. And even for God's people, he allows that to occur. The story of Job being the best example of that. Why does God allow those things to occur? Because he wants us to be stronger in him. He knows that for those who are his, the testing of their faith, he will not let us slip, but he will draw us closer to him and make us stronger in the process. Now, when Job was going through his ordeal, when God allowed the devil to test Job in the way he did and allowed the devil to, to, to do those things to Job, Job's friends, they came to Job and they said, Hey, the righteous are blessed and the wicked suffer. Therefore, you must have done something wicked and you are suffering. And perhaps some of us feel the same way. But Job's friends didn't speak right of Job and they did not speak right of God. Job was not suffering because he was unrighteous. Job was not being cursed because he was unrighteous. Job was a righteous man. He was not a perfect man. But God, in the midst of Job's suffering, he used that to draw Job closer to him. He used that to bless Job exponentially more later in Job's life after he had been refined, as we see here. And so when you feel the enemy against you and you feel the fire and the water of life, and you may begin to question, am I being cursed? Well, maybe you are not being cursed, but maybe you are being built up into something stronger. And the end of that verse says, but you, God, but you brought us out to abundance. We go through the fires. We go through the winds and the wave. We go through the refining. We go against our enemies that come against us. But God brings us out. He brings us out in abundance, in abundance. Job suffered greatly and lost a lot. But at the end of the story, he was abundant. Why? Because God brought him out in abundance. Because God knows what he is doing. He knew what he was doing in Job's life. And he knows what he is doing in your life and my life. And God will bring us out of our struggles in abundance. And it may happen in this life. But it may not happen until the life to come. But should we trust in God and keep our faith in Jesus Christ we will come out in abundance because God will deliver us. Verse 13, I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. I will offer you fattened sheep and burnt offerings. 
with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice oxen with goats. What is the response of the psalmist here? God, you are good. God, I praise you. God, I was in the midst of a difficult time, but God, you delivered me. You brought me out abundantly. And God, I will praise you. I will serve you. I will offer sacrifice to you. I will keep vows I made to you. And God, I called out to you in my distress and said, God, if you will deliver me, I will be faithful to you. I will listen to you, God. I will be obedient. I will do what you have called me to do. Perhaps we have prayed those prayers before in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pain. God, life is too tough. God, I can't handle this anymore. I can't do it my way anymore. God, I can't take it. God, I surrender to you. I suspect that's been the prayer of many a preacher. That was the prayer of this preacher. Hard times get your attention. When God's got your attention, he'll tell you what he wants. And when he tells you what he wants, you better listen to him. And so in the times of our distress and we say, God, what my lips have promised I will do, let us be so faithful to do when God delivers us from our times of need. Verse 16. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth, and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. What does the psalmist do here? He says, come, come and listen to me. If you fear God, if you want to hear the truth of God's word, then listen to me. I'm here to speak to you about God and about the glory of God and the wonder of God and the power of God and what God has done to me and how God has delivered me and how God can deliver you. Come and listen to me, you who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done for me. The problem we have in our world today is there aren't enough people who fear the Lord. There may not even be enough Christians who fear the Lord in the way that they should. People don't fear the Lord, therefore they don't want to listen to the Word of God. They don't seek out the Word of God. They don't read God's Word. They don't dart the door of a church because they don't fear God. If they feared God, they would seek Him instantly. If they feared God, being the awesome, awe-inspiring, wonder-doing creator of the universe, knowing that one day that they would stand in judgment before him, they would come into the church as quick as they could. They would open God's word as quick as they could. But they do not seek God because they are living in foolishness, because they do not fear God, because fear is the beginning of wisdom. And many in our world has not found wisdom because they do not fear God. So the psalmist here says, come and listen to me, all you who fear God. If you are looking for God, come to me and I will tell you because I know who God is. And that needs to be the message of our life to those we encounter. Do you fear God? Then come let me tell you about God. Let me show you who God is, the power of God. I cried out to him with my mouth and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Psalmist said, my heart, my heart was pretty good. 
I was calling out to God with a pure heart. I was crying out to God. I was letting my request be made known to God. And in verse 19, he says, However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. A few weeks ago, I'd had a, I'd had a busy week, and uh, I did not have the time to study and prepare for Sunday school or my sermon nearly about the way that I wanted to. I'd put in some late nights working on church stuff and working on school stuff, and Saturday night rolled around, and 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I was tired, and I just was, I was up here, and I was looking, and I just could not, I could not figure anything out. I went home, and I was thinking, man, God, I am unprepared. I just cannot, I cannot do this. I'm, I'm not going to have stuff to say. I'm not going to be able to get words out. God, what am I going to do, you know? So I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And I went to sleep that night praying to the Lord. God just helped me to be able to have words to say. And that night, as I lay there asleep, I had a dream, which is not terribly uncommon to me, uh, that I stood up to preach, and I did not have anything to say. I could not come up with the words. And I could not find the scripture that I was supposed to preach on. And I was looking on my iPad, and I looked on my phone, and I opened up my paper Bible, and I could not find the Scripture. I knew the Scripture that I was supposed to preach, and I could not find it. And the Scripture that I was looking for and looking for and looking for was Psalm 66, 19. I could not find Psalm 66, 19. The whole dream, I could not find it. I had no clue what Psalm 66, 19 said. It's not a psalm I was familiar with. Didn't have a clue. Never found it. So I woke up Sunday morning and I opened up my Bible to Psalm 66, 19 and it says, God has listened. He has paid attention to my prayer. Now I went to bed that night praying, God help me to know what I'm going to say. I don't think I can, I can have enough to preach. And I woke up and this was the scripture that I'd never really recalled. I know I've read it. But it says he has paid attention. He has heard my prayer. And I said, thank you, God. Give me the confidence. Give me the boldness. Now, you may say, that is just a coincidence. Well, maybe it is. You call it a coincidence, I call it God. <laughs> but it gave me power, the power of God's word. And I don't know why God brought Psalm 66, 19 to my mind that night in my dreams. But he did. And God is good like that. That's why we need to know God's Word. He can recall words to us that we don't even remember we know. He can recall scriptures to us that we don't know. He can put numbers in our dreams that we got to look up when we wake up. But God's Word is good to us. And the psalmist says, let me tell you about God's Word. Come and listen to me, all you who fear God. God has listened to me. I call to Him, and He has heard my prayer. He has listened to me. And he will listen to you. Verse 20. May God be praised. He has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. That's a good passage for us to close on. Perhaps we need to be reminded of that when we question and wonder, is God listening? Has God heard my prayer? The psalmist says, he has not turned away my prayer. 
or turn his faithful love from me. God hears your prayers, and God loves you. And don't forget that truth tonight. Let us praise God in that truth. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these good words. God, this is a good psalm. It's a lot of good stuff in here, so help us to help us to get it, dear Lord, and remember it and to live by it. And I thank you for your I thank you for your word. Let it be a strength to us and a light to our path. And I pray, God, that it would strengthen each one here, that it would point us to Jesus Christ. God, that we would seek you, that we would find you, that we would call out to you, God, that you would hear us, and that we'd know you love us. God, we know that through Jesus Christ, since you gave him to die on a cross for us. For what he did, dear Lord, we know you love us, so let us never forget it. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.